Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Ward and my guest today is Carol Bouquet. Yes. Whose winery is? Sanguedoro. Why did you call it Sanguedoro and where is it? It's in Sicily, more than Sicily. It's an island between Sicily and Tunisia called Pantelleria. It's the, the front door of Orient and uh, at the same time it's uh, extremely Italian. But I mean there's, there's a, a culture since more than centuries because we have to go back to more than 2000, 3000, 4000 years ago where there were people living in this island and it was a very, at that time, very strong and powerful island because there was a passage between Orient and back to Europe for spices, for many things. I mean, that was even before spices, that was a very important place. But then something like, uh, yes, a long time ago, but uh, almost 2,000 years ago, there were grapes, but they were not using it, to, which which are called uh, Zibibo. Uh, Moscato di Alessandria? Ma- Moscato di Alessandria, esatto. But they were not using it to do wine. They were wine for themselves, but not outside of Pantelleria. They were selling the dry grapes, we were called Malaga, to uh, Malaga, which is in Sicily, in front, to Trapani, where they could do, you know, the Malaga, the alcohol. And... Uh, they're starting to make wine, I would say, really wine, not more than 500 years ago, really. And really more than that, only a few years really ago, I mean, like a, a century ago, really to produce their own wine, realizing that uh, they had an amazing quality of wine that everybody was buying, and why not do themselves, you know, something with such amazing grapes. And uh, Did you come from a farming background? I know you <laughs> obviously had a career as, as a... You know, one of the world's best-known actresses. <laughs> no, not at what all. What did your that's parents that, do? That's all. My my father was an engineer, and and my mother was not working, and uh, and she was a scientist. So it has nothing to do with. Uh, so that's a good match. You got the. I, the, I was born. I'm a city girl. Yeah, well, you got the practical side from your dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the scientific side from your mum. Well, I'm not sure I've got any of that. <laughs> to tell you the Were truth. Were you good in school? Yes. Yeah? I, I went to school until what you call the baccalaureate. Then mm. I had a choice. I went first to do studies of philosophy but after a few weeks I went out of university thinking I'm not made to be able to learn by myself me alone with a book I couldn't do it I needed somebody to to guide you exactly so that's how I became an actress almost from one day to another I mean it became it happened very quickly how does it happen from one day to another studying philosophy yeah because I went to a dinner at that time and I was 17 and, and a man next to me I didn't know who he was but he was running a channel at that time like Channel 4 in England and he was asking me what I wanted to do in life and I answered out of the blue because I really don't know why I answered that at that moment acting so he looked at me and he said uh, yes okay well, what have you done to do that and I said no not nothing for the moment he said okay you should go to the National School of Theatre you have to register and, and there's, a, there's a concourse you know there's a, an exam
exam or how do you say that? Like a competition. In competition. And and uh, I went to register, but at the same time I didn't do anything to, to do the, the competition. And I called him the day before and I said, okay, I register myself, but I have no play, no actors, nothing. <laughs> Can you help me? That was three days before, in fact. And he said, well, I might try. And that's what we did. And then I went to the National School of Theatre. So my life changed really in one day to another one. And being in the National School of Theatre, where normally you're not supposed to be allowed to work outside, which is crazy, that has changed. So you are, you are the, when you're studying, you're not allowed to get, get paid work. Exactly. Which now they have changed, I mean, their mentality, because that was crazy to say. I mean, if you imagine if you have an important, you know, which happened to me because then I met I made a casting with Riz Buñuel and uh, and I did the movie so that was the first year I was in the school so that was your breakthrough yes it was like immediate and I was 18 and the school fired me because I said so but they took me back because I went to argue saying you can't you know how can I say no to Buñuel I mean that's I'm trying to learn you know that kind of job and, and you have one of the best directors in the world asking me to work with him am I supposed to say no it's, it's insane so anyway that's how it's started. You must be very pragmatic because you know at your age, you know, fairly young you could have said, hey this is the life, I'm a movie star now, I don't need to study. The fact that you went back to study shows that you really want to be sure of what you're doing. Because I was extremely insecure like most actors are, especially when they're young. We pretend you know to, but we, we are not. That's why you're actors. <laughs> yes and uh, I think for the next 10 years I was not at ease at all on a set. It took me 10 years to feel better and, and not to be too scared. I mean, I was really scared. Do you feel scared in entering the wine world? No, that happened again in like an accident because I um, I was renting a place in Pantelleria since years and I was uh, driving every day from the house I was renting through the mountains. Then uh, there was a Byzantine tombs where I was driving up to a place in the mountains where there was no electricity, completely lost, and then driving back to a lake. I was doing that every day before I was going to the sea with with a boat. The lake is extremely beautiful, so I was doing like an enormous swimming pool. And and uh, but there was a place I always felt in love with that mountain, with the, the peace, and that the fact it was untouched for at least two thousand years, but worked by man because it it's terraces, so only handmade with volcanic stones since centuries and centuries. And I love, for example, being in Rome in Italy, where you can have sitting on on the same or looking at the same building or you know centuries of my own culture of your own culture because we share the same where you have thousands of years in front of you on sometimes on the same building you have Greek and Roman and Arabs and Spanish whatever you know if you go in Sicily you have you know all the culture that I've left traces sometimes where you just sit or look at and that's what I felt when I was in Pantelleria, even though there's no monuments. And uh, one day there was a little ad on a small house, maybe as small as we are now in that office, written for sale, and I wanted to buy it. And I went to see an architect, was a friend of mine, she said, absolutely not, there's no water, there's no electricity, you won't be able, that's a national park, you won't be able to. So I didn't buy it that time. But the following year I came back, and without saying anybody, telling anybody, I went to buy it 
anyway because I wanted a piece of land and I never wanted that before and I was 40 at that time. I decided, because I'm really a city girl, to put my roots in Pantelleria, saying that I was belonging there more than any place in the world. Even though I was not Italian, that was my way. I'm so in love with Italy. That was my way of daring to say that I was Italian because I had a, not a house only. I, have, I had some land, but it was very small at the beginning. But then with the man I bought the first house, he helped me to buy then the one next door, then the one next door. Then we bought, you know, I think to 70 people trying to put together a, a, land, a land. And at the beginning, the, the land was abandoned sometimes for 20 years, 50 years. I do have some uh, plants where more than didn't suffer the phylloxera. So I have somewhere more than 120 years uh, old. So some of, the, some of this land had vines on then? Yes. And, and oh yes, it was all grapes. Grapes and olive trees, which are like a huge bonsai because of the wind, you have to make them very low on the ground. And, uh, and capers. And capers was easy because you can sell that to the cooperative. So I'm doing tons of capers, three tons. I don't, you say that in, in, in yeah, tonnellata in, yeah. in Italian. Three tons, yeah. Yeah, so it's enormous in, in capers. But the, so the, the grapes, it was Zibibo, Moscato of Alexandria. I went to sell it at the the beginning then I thought that's a shame I should do some wine just for myself you know just to have and I went to somebody to you know that it will they gave me a um, I don't know which language I'm speaking anymore no, 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 just a tank you know a, yeah, a fermentation tank yes yeah. uh, on, on a side if they could let me do that they said yes the following year I, I came back to taste the wine and I said I don't like it and they said okay if you don't like it I mean uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing we can do and I said well yes because I'm going to drink it so let me you know go and find an analogue which I was dreaming about I mean there was two or three at that period of time where I was as I loved drinking wine that I knew didn't I didn't know them personally but when I like wine I always asked you know who does it or you know who's responsible for that so I called one and everybody said he will never work with you he will never so I called him and he said yes his name is Donato Lanati he said yes and I will help you until you break even so I came back to that place and said okay he's going to help me you know and, and they said no way it's not putting one foot I said okay I'm leaving and I'll do my own wine and they said you don't know how to do it I said no but I will learn I love drinking you know I will learn but that was like a child you know if you tell a child or a little girl you know you can't play with boys you know you can't you know you can't do that because you're too young I mean that was something that I so I was like a bet, you know. I was, I was furious of the of their answers. So but did, did, did Donato um, help you a little bit or not? Oh, he did. Yeah. He still does. Okay. He's my analog, and it's a good uh, we built we built a, a cellar together. It took me a year to fix it. It took me ten years to fix my little houses, the vineyard. We really the, the the winery went extremely quick, and a year after we could do the wine with the permission to do it with the all. The legal status everything was done in a year which was a miracle and that's how it started so finally what, how does your wine taste so it's all Muscat of Alexandria yes it, it it's a, like one of thousand nights I mean that's the idea that's why I call it Sangue d'Oro because it's really the fruit of that I mean it's the blood of that really land so the blood of gold it is so and, and it is because I mean the, the light so sunny it belongs so much of a dream the dream you can have of Orient centuries ago that uh, and because the, the what you have in, in, in the wine because one third of the production you have to dry it on the floor to dry the grapes so, yes on the floor and then you have women who want taking they have the stems to do it, off yeah, yeah and they have to do it in there not in the kitchen otherwise they will take you know 
some smell of the of the the the, the whatever garlic or so so they do that you know and it's a very hard work because we're using a third of the production to to put back in the in the tanks in in uh, December for example my house it took me 10 years I mean I swear to to fix it because of the of the permission the winery went extremely quick it was like a miracle because I mean that shouldn't happen that quick and in a year time I, I was able to do you know open it and do you, uh, I mean how do you get there do you go there by boat or do you fly or how do you do it uh, you, you can bo- do both you can go by boat which do you prefer and you can, Oh no, board, the, the board depends what kind of board. If you take the night boat between Trapani or uh, Palermo, menu. it's not a fun boat. Right. So there's a small plane takes with <laughs> 20 minutes from from Palermo. It's much better. Glory, we were talking about Sangue d'Oro. Why is the name is Sangue d'Oro? It, it, it went so obvious because somebody asked me when we were doing the label. In one second, I answered, "What's the title? What's the name? The title?" It was like there's no title in a while. You see, it's my, my job. Back. Uh, what's the the, the name of that wine and Sangue d'Oro came out of me immediately because it's such a hard work it's so heroic for who still does work on that land because you have a piece of stone volcanic stone in between you know the, the, the grapes which are in what we call Arbarello I don't know which in English in, so you have that and then you have one capel and then caper and then you have one olive tree so everything is mixed mix and in between you I mean on terraces and in between with enormous stones so to work such a land is really, and that's why 80% of, of Pantelleria talking about the, the terraces which have been made since 2000 years ago are being lost because nobody wants to work that land anymore. It's such a work and of course doing wine is something that almost everybody could do if I, I mean somebody who likes you know drinking could, could make you know I mean a wine but the problem nowadays of course is to sell it and uh, there's, it's an enormous market where you have a lot of competition you know and to enter such a market or you're very big or you're very small like I was but at the same time trying to do the best wine ever that could be done in Pantelleria and I was fortunate enough to be able to have free press because I, when I was talking about a movie or the premiere of a movie I was only inviting an analog or sommelier or press from the wine business you know for the last 10 years touring you know I couldn't care less about movie directors I mean everything all the invitation everything was about winemaking so I mean you know it's amazing that you say that because so many people I came from quite an arty background you know they, Mike you know she's one of the most famous actresses in the world and she's you know hefting stones on a boiling hot island in the middle of nowhere making a wine that a lot of people have never heard of um, and a style of wine that a lot of people say they don't like oh I don't like sweet wine but you're doing it it's, it's quite eccentric isn't it, it, it <laughs> do you have that eccentric side to you I guess so when I looked at it you know and and friends of mine because I said at the beginning some friends you know told me but of course you were going to do wine I mean you you bought you know uh, grapes or whatever you know the, the it's insane Carol said no I didn't know about that he said well we knew I said I never dared to because I could have done it in France I could have done it in, in Italy in other places which are easier than Pantelleria but I would have never dared really there they were so small and uh, could leave me you know the fact to try and, and make something you know modest at the beginning you know giving me the time to learn and uh, it was my way of getting being Italian and I I knew I needed all the people in the island to help me, and they did. Have they been friendly to you? Oh, extremely. 
some not, but I mean very little. The first, for example, Harvest, he stole one of my trucks. So that was just a welcoming, <laughs> you know, welcome to the island. But somebody came to me from the island and said, I know where is your truck. And you got so it you see, you don't know. And, and they were, the man who was my winemaker in, in Pantelleria, I could build him a set a statue. Is is I can't imagine of such a man being so honest, so hardworking, at the same time having such an amazing taste for what he does, you know, because we agreed of what I wanted to do as a, as a, as a pasito. I did I wanted something that I could be able to drink, not only with desserts, not only with, you know, I wanted something that I could drink at the aperitif being balanced as the acidity you know I wanted something really that I could drink even though it had to belong to Pantelleria of course but it was me doing it so it had to be Pantelleria and I so that's why we tried to to do and I think now we succeed of doing that well it's funny you you know talk about film business I was a film but da 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 wind you up and put you on wine you explode with passion (laughs) and uh, you know exactly what you want to do I mean it's so funny that you don't have a background in wine I interview people wine every single single day and you have people that are highly qualified that are clearly bored by their jobs and you aren't highly qualified but you've got the greatest qualification of all which is complete and utter enthusiasm for what you're doing and a love for the place so you yes. it's the tranquility that you you found a place for you that's physically tranquil the mountains the isolation and and what you create from that physically which is obviously your bottle of wine that is something that gives you tranquility i, I suspect more tranquility than any of your films and awards and awards ceremonies and fancy dresses and famous directors and bright lights and all that sort of stuff what turns you on is someone says you know what I had a glass of your wine last night absolutely fantastic how the hell did you make that <laughs> right? I even don't know I know a little bit now of course yeah of it's course been, you do, yeah. it's been 15 years we started you kept it very quiet I mean it's not like you used because to... I do so little that I don't need you know to I even I sold it the place where I sold it in America I sold it in China I sold it because that I could do but at the same time it makes huge trips to I don't need that so I don't need the fame to say you know I don't need to be proud of saying oh, I sell it in New York yeah I, can, I could do it I did it but I don't need it because it's the, the, the amount you know of bottles is so small that, so what's uh, your average production roughly between 12,000 bottles and, and 14 could go down to 9,000 bottles they're bottles of 50 centiliters so uh, that's very that's that's very small what do you drink it with I used to drinking for the aperitif with a piece of parmigiano not with capers not with capers not yeah it's a good mix isn't it the savoury yeah. salty cheese with the sweet white wine yeah. yeah it's a good match a lot of people would drink it with uh, like ice cream or a, or no a... it's too much for me because I mean sweet on sweet is really too much and then at the end I love drinking so at the end of the meal I had already I know I have already red wine you know in in my head and and uh, in my body that's it's enough but if I drink it you know at the sunset or I mean on a beautiful day and it has to be really cold with a piece of cheese that's and in France it could be Comté it could be other cheese but then it's a moment where it's extremely yes it's extremely peaceful and and if I drink it in Pantelleria of course it belongs to Pantelleria but when I drink it somewhere else as soon as I smell my wine I put my nose in the glass I'm back not only in Pantelleria I'm back in a fantasy world which is true they say like a thousand and hundred nights million nuits it brings me back to a fantasy of uh, something extremely voluptuous 
I mean, the way you're dressed, it, obviously we're at radio, but you know, you look like you are wearing clothes that are sort of two thousand years old, as in <laughs> as in the design, not that they're falling off your back. Yeah. But these um, embroidered, brightly coloured robe that you're wearing. Yeah, it's called. It's coming from Iran. In right. Fact, okay. Yeah, from Persia. Oh, which is also famous yes. historically for for wine. So maybe I'd probably suggest you stick on um, Pantelleria rather than hop off to Iran to start making wine. I think. No. That, I think that no might be a little bit trickier. No, 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 no. Somebody more than somebody I mean so many people told me and people who were selling my wine for example say okay now when are we starting to make business you know together and I said no I'm not going to do something else I'm not buying any other land in Sicily where I can produce two, two million bottles three million no it's not my job my job is by the way is acting and my land and where I belong is Pantelleria that's something else Thanks very much, Carol, for coming in. It's been brilliant um, to meet you and to share your passion, hear your passion for your wine and for that, for the place, I think, really. And I think you've, you've almost morphed into an expression of that place, bodily and emotionally, and it's um, been a real pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. And the good thing is my sons, I have two sons, was not supposed to be when they were, you know, adolescent. It's not the place that you can imagine kids would love to go. And they loved from, from, they were 10 years old and until now, they love going back. Where a place, there's no nightclubs, which is fine for me. Of course, when we were a teenager, they might have wanted, you know, to have, no, they're completely in love with Pantelleria. So I'm very happy about that. So you think they'll succeed you? No, they don't want to do, have nothing to do with wine. They, they, They want to drink it yes (laughs) but for the moment they don't want to have anything to do with it maybe one day yes if i just can't do it maybe they will do it okay well at least they've got something that they can hang on to yes yes thanks carol thank you thank you very much follow italian wine podcast on facebook and instagram 